Hey, everyone. Uh, Christian and I, once again, welcome you back to Mondays with Mindy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today's episode features a conversation with an author and a philanthropist that also happens to be one of my most wonderful humans that is in my life. Holiday was born and raised in Portland and then moved to work and write in New York City. She's a graduate of the famed Iowa's Writers Workshop, recipient of a Carl Jirossi Fiction Fellowship, God, I hope I pronounced that right. The Tobias Wolf Award for Fiction and a Penn Amazon.com Short Story Award, among others. <laughs> she is lauded. Let me tell you, Christian. She's taught creative writing at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, the University of Iowa, and the UCLA Writers Extension Program. She's the author of Big Cats, Stories from the Free Press. It's also available as an audiobook with a lot of celebrity guest stars. Her fiction has been featured in numerous literary magazine and included in many an anthology. Most recently, one of her stories made the current edition of American Short Fiction and another in the new issue of Narrative Magazine. And still another about her beloved Haiti can be found in the latest edition of Plowshares. Holiday has just turned in her newest collection of shorts to her editor, so we are eagerly anticipating its release early next year. In 2009, Holiday and her husband, actor Rain Wilson, visited Haiti for the first time with the Mona Foundation and returned to facilitate a UN Foundation-funded program, Girls United, after the earthquake in 2010, that is. She's been committed to serving grassroots educational initiatives in the most remote areas of Haiti ever since, and along with her husband and Dr. Catherine Adams, co-founded the nonprofit educational organization, Lide Haiti. Holiday lives with and among her husband, Rain, son, Walter, their dogs, Diamond and Poe, rescue pit bulls, <laughs> pigs, Snorty and Amy, guinea pigs, Shogun and Lemon, donkey, Chili Bean, Zonky, Derek, and horses, Gus, Maeve, Bella, and Oberon in Southern California. Quite a menagerie that she has graced me with auntieship. So I'm very excited to have a conversation with her, Christian. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome the highly lauded author to the show, Holiday Reinhorn. <laughs> Hi. 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 Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to my home. Yeah. Why, why, thank you. And mine and Christian's. And mine. <laughs> <laughs> a three-way home. All yes. Oh, my gosh. I love Communal it. Communal living on a whole new level. I know. Right? <laughs> uh, so we start each uh, episode with five random questions out of our fabulous secrets jar. Here we go. Do a deep dive. Holiday. Oh, what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, <laughs> you're going to ask a fiction writer this. <laughs> I think it's so, so get ready. Like every, all your other guests, you know what I mean? Now you're having the shy retiring. Oh, please. My guilty pleasure right now is not reading any contemporary fiction. Mm -hmm. Reading everything has to be at least a hundred years old, oh. and I'm reading Beowulf with my son. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I read that. That it's is amazing. gnarly. I, yeah, I love it. Wow. Yeah. So we're re we're watching the Power of Myth together, like the Joseph Campbell, <gasps> yes, and yes. getting really doing all this stuff with myth and storytelling right now, and uh, so that's kind of what I'm up to. That's fantastic. And it's kind of nice. Yeah. That's a really I'll good say. guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's a good guilty yeah. pleasure. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Something that none of our guests so far have shared. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
What's your favorite place to travel to and why? Mm, well, one of the things, one of the things about Beowulf is that I'm from um, Denmark. You know, uh, there's a whole Viking thing in my family, but um, I really uh, love the northern. Here's the thing with me. I end up going to islands constantly. <laughs> I end up in an island environment and I end up on the northwest sector of the island. I do this not on purpose. It just ends up that I gravitate that way, maybe like a starling or something. <laughs> but Haiti, I always dreamed of going to. And, you know, my life has taken me. Maybe we'll talk about this in a second, well. but uh, to the north northwest area of that island, not purposefully. Amazing. And then like Iceland. Yes. Ended up in the north. You know, we weren't even supposed to take the camper up there, but we ended up in the northern, you know, and like broke the camper and had to, <laughs> didn't, didn't get our deposit back. Yes. And then like <laughs> New Zealand, we ended up in the north area at this interesting place. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's a mag magnetism or something, but wow, that is fascinating. I love the northwest of a place. And it's usually has a lot of ghost stories in it. It just always ends up this sort of supernatural thing because I've always been obsessed with that. And so. And you spend a lot of time I, in the Northwest of these United States as well. Well, right, I was born in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. 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 So, and then my Scottish relatives are from the Northwest. Like it's, huh. you, you go so far North and West. It's like next stop Reykjavik. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's, I don't know what it is with us. Okay. Well, but, yeah. it is though. That's so, okay. That's kind of fascinating. And bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you identified that. I love it. Yeah. I want, I want to know why. Like I want, I want an answer. I'm so. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, don't know. I want it's to a, discover maybe that. tribal. Yeah. 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 Um, um, because it, they're sort of, my life is, all my family is from all over the place. It's sort of like the humane society or like animal control. Like every. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mutt or whatever in the cage and we all mixed together and all the Northwest. I don't know what it is. Well, I, for one, I'm grateful, so I don't yeah. care uh, how it happened. Um, among <laughs> your friends, what are you best known for? Mm. Well, usually um, I'm supposed to be known for uh, the kind of sarcastic <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. comment. The, the comment of the friendly dragon. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I always look like the nice sort of girl <laughs> from Pacific Northwest. And I have this sort of angelic, I'm told, I don't know, that reminds people yes. of their sister, or their best friend or something. And then something comes out of my mouth and it's more like <laughs> a zinger like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Uh -huh. I do too, and I can attest. I can, I can okay. certainly agree. Uh, yes, you can, Christian. Uh, <laughs> you're exactly the same. Um, <laughs> if you could have dinner with any three people, mm. who would they be? Yeah, okay. So, well, so I would, I would, Isaac Mizrahi. Oh. He would be like my oh, celebrity really? pass. And no, no, I, 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 absolutely love him and i'll tell you why i well, we need to get you guys together period full stop i know because i heard he likes my zonkey <laughs> he's obsessed you know i have he's I obsessed have with derek no he's yeah, obsessed yeah. with him oh. yeah yeah i mean for anyway, anyone just tuning I, I, in that sounds wildly <laughs> profane but carry on yes 
<laughs> well, so so one of it, one of in my many sort of incarnations, I was um, you know an aspiring actor in New York, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had many many jobs, and um, one of them was I worked um, at a restaurant near the UN. Mm-hmm. It was like a seafood restaurant. So during the day, it would be diplomats. And at night, it would be like the Chinese mafia and the underworld. And it was an incredible experience. It was like the Star Wars bar at night. <laughs> and then, every, you know, tax-exempt brunches during the day from mm-hmm. the ambassador of Egypt, you know. And that was one job. And then the other one was working in the fashion, on Fashion Ave, yes. bringing lunch sandwiches to all of the studios. So mm-hmm. I would go to Calvin Klein and Donna Karen and I would send them, sell them like a $1 cookie and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was broke, broke, broke. And I just wore these big giant lumber boots with my dresses. Cause I had to walk all over with my giant thing. And, and we were called sandwich hoes because <laughs> we'd show up and they'd be like, what does the sandwich hoe have today? You mm-hmm. know? And so in the winter, um, there would be soups, and in the summer, mm-hmm. and there'd be like just basic sandwiches and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I totally yeah. remember. So, I saw I've sold him many a sandwich. Yes, I don't know if Isaac would remember me. No, but, I told yeah, him yeah, yeah. about it. I oh, told, okay. I yeah. told him yeah. that, and he, he <laughs> yeah. said, I never forget a face. Meanwhile, you know, we'll get you two together for sure. Okay, so Isaac, who you who, who else? Oh, Patty Smith. Um, so Patty Smith for sure. And, you know, I, I don't want to be stalkery, but normally I would, you know, have my hair in braids and (laughs) (laughs) I have her sweatshirt and yeah, I'm just, I'm so inspired by her as an artist, you know, um, coming from, I mean, obviously, but just doing so many different things, um, and cross pollinating and, you know, her activism and her voice and her fiction and her poetry and her music and, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. Um, when I was in drama school, I did the uh, play um, that she originally performed in with Sam Shepard that was written for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Cowboy Mouth. Yes. And yes. and so I, I've just been a long-term, long-term, you know, admirer of her. And most recently, she said, I love the work that I did most between, you know, age 57 and now. And yes. that of course inspiring yeah yeah the the ability to be constantly utterly fascinated with the world and and be reinventing and looking at new lenses all the time feel a part of it as a creative like plug yourself into it yeah 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 so just like the way she sees Mm. um um what a table so far it would be a good table Mm um i was um Got to go to Davos this last, yes. before the pandemic, and I got to sleep in the Arctic base camp with a lot of the different climate scientists, and we all were in, you know, sleeping bags and our, uh, you know, outfits, and we would go, you know, during the day to things, but we t- couldn't take a shower, and the hotel wouldn't let us inside because we were, you know, demonstrating essentially, right, um, right. So all of the the sort of politicians and things would come up and hear about climate change and we would show them the ice cores, you know, that show the CO2 mm-hmm. and the levels and things. And Holiday, so we were a mess. Holiday, you know? remind me, you yeah. were with Greenpeace or do I have that wrong? No, we were with this group called Arctic Base Camp. They're oh. actually a nonprofit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
and and they're made up of like a cohort of climate scientists led by this incredible woman named Gail Whiteman, who I would want at my table. So that's where where I was going Mm. with this, is that she is this kind of preeminent voice for realistic, practical ways of, um, you know, speaking to power, speaking science to power about, you know, long, long long-term change um, regarding, you know, how to save our planet basically. And the fact that like what's happening in the Arctic is not just staying in the Arctic, it's coming, you know, as we're seeing in front of our face. So that's, that would be a great conversation. I would like the three of those people. I would like to serve you dinner so I could just sit and stand and <laughs> listen. Say, I kind of want to be the catering <laughs> team. There. I know. Um, so maybe you just answered this last question. I don't know. I'm presuming I shan't. Um, holiday, what scares you? Mm. Um, I just, you know, for me, um, I love Georgia O'Keeffe because mm. I love that she said, I've been terrified every minute of my life, but it never stopped me from doing anything I wanted to do. So yeah. I can get scared. I get scared a lot. You know, right now I'm scared of the lack of empathy mm. in the world. I'm, I'm scared of that because yeah, mm-hmm. um, I feel like everything's a spiritual fire drill right now. <laughs> and like the maturity of the human race is what, we're looking at, you know, yeah. and uh, it scares me. It scares me like people that won't wear a mask. Yeah. Like just this idea that we only care about our own thing we want to do and our own immediate gratification. It's like, what is the purpose and the meaning of life, you yeah. know? And I, I think that would be that everyone has a role to play, right? In yes. bringing civilization forward. And the mask, no mask, is like Dr. Seuss with the sneeches. Right. You know, with the star well, and, it, and then it's not. Such, it's such a, it's so, we're asked to do so little. Most of us right. are really not called to really anything too challenging at this right. juncture, right. you know? Right. And so that also is a bafflement to me. It's like, it's not, it's not difficult. It shouldn't be yeah. a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like when that's gone, it starts to deplete very quickly. Do you know what I mean? I no, think that say that. what's happening. So like we've got the pandemic and then all of the, the horrible like racial violence and yeah. everything just starts. It's always been there. Right. You know, the whole lack of empathy, all of the spiritual issues that human beings have have always been there. But when this crisis comes, it just all starts compounding into a yeah. whirlwind Pandora's box. Yeah. so you know i really feel like like the the beekman boys you know when they were talking about your neighbor yeah like just the right person now next is door. we we absolutely can everyone just do that yeah you know what i mean yeah. That's well, I all. also really what resonates with me off of what you're saying is that whole um adage that I'm I'm hearing lately, which is you don't have to be black to be outraged. I feel like you don't have to have had COVID to wear a mask. Right. You don't have right. to, like, we all should be feeling collectively right. all of this. Yeah. Right. Um, Participating. Things that, things that scare us are things yeah. that we don't understand, even if you have to yeah. listen for a while. Listening yeah. is an action. Take it from an actor, right? right? right. So, like, right. even if all you do is listen, it's it's forward propulsion. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But I do believe I want to be scared. I mean, because I think then you learn that's how you're humbled. Yeah. Like, why does this scare me? Let me investigate it. And ultimately, it's what drives my creativity because it's like what scares me. I get scared about things. Characters get scared about things. Mm -hmm. And I put them in fiction. There's there's a, a real jumping off point in terms of fear and urgency that okay. have begun all in all my stories. So let me let me ask you, um, I I I love this question and I hate this question. And I still ask it and start every conversation with it a little bit, which is. <laughs> What is your creative process as you define it? And if you don't identify with creative process, just the trajectory of or what inspires you to start or just I'd like you yeah, to yeah. just share with us how you define it and, and what's yours. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, I um, to me, the writer's life is so well summed up by this one story of Lori Moore, where she's like, in order to be a writer, you have to fail at everything else. You know, it's like an and, actor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of like I have done a million things and none of them really stuck. And I don't think failure, like yeah. you know, the failure just learned, just like found myself through it. You know, mm -hmm. just and uh, tried and kept trying and filled my sort of Mary Poppins grab bag with more and more experience. You know, and um, so. Writing in Spain, they call la servitude, hmm. and it's just like a life that you you. It's like a marriage, mm -hmm. you know. Whatever your writing apparatus is, whatever nourishes it, it changes over time. It might be sexy during a certain years. It might be hard. It might, you know, it changes. It's a long term commitment, and so um, I feel like that really sustains me. Um, because over time I just watch the different things that I get fascinated by mm -hmm. change and, and, um, but a few things stay the same. And one is that I always have to travel, like go to a new place. And that might mean down the street. It's, right. it's not like I have to go, you know, completely halfway around the world, but being in a new place, being in a new milieu just makes sentences going to an art museum wow. in that place, going to a botanical garden and seeing the weird things that grow and pretending I lived somewhere else. Cause it's really being a kid as I was um, in a military family. My dad mm -hmm. was in the army. So we were stationed overseas. We were in like Thailand and Guam and during the Vietnam war. And, um, uh, I just like was on my own a lot, you know, cause I, I didn't really get along in a military school. I'm I can sure imagine that would not surprise you <laughs> very much, but um, so I did spend a lot of time in Magic Land, you yeah. know, yeah. and just going, you know, um, when we lived in Japan, uh, we were on a base that was very far north because they were spying across the strait to Vladivostok, you know, and it was a oh. CIA kind of yeah, yeah. thing, and they invited us there because we just were so white and so from Oregon. Because back then we didn't have Kurt Cobain. Like no one knew where <laughs> Oregon was. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing as a latte. Right. Like, oh, oh my God. gosh, Hal, that's funny. And like so <laughs> yeah. interesting, so fascinating because it really yeah. is. Talk about it, snapshot of a different time. Yeah. We were the dorks of the United States. I mean, really, Pacific <laughs> Northwest. It was just really lumber and <laughs> but you just said you were also on the, so, the northwest side of 
Japan too, right? Yeah. Well, that's right. We were in Hokkaido. Yeah, the of course the they were. Sapporo. Sapporo. <laughs> yes. I mean, Hulls. Yes. It's so crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, what, what, in, what is currently inspiring you right now? Like when you sit down and write, and you are, I will have to say, yeah. uh, quite disciplined um, about that. Not rigorously to to the to the exclusion of anything else that's going in your life on in your life currently, but you're very disciplined. So, what currently are you inspired by when you're sitting down and re and writing? Okay, well, I have to be disciplined because it takes me so long, Mindy. <laughs> but that's what <laughs> I love I get, about you because I have to pick the thing. You know, I have so many things that I I just I have to decide and I have to, and then I have to do it. So. <laughs> I, um, right now I'm working on, uh, a story that it involves characters that are from Bali. Ooh. So they're from LA and Bali. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reading a lot about Balinese spirituality. So I'm reading this wow. book called Sekala Niskala, meaning seen and unseen. So the Balinese believe, and I yes. don't want to reduce it here because I'm reading it in a book and I, it's incredible. But they believe that the seen and the unseen world are all happening simultaneously. Yes. So everything has this double meaning mm -hmm. and, and it's great. So I'm, I'm working on that right now, my story, the characters that are when someone dies, you're sort of awaiting their spirit to return. Yes. So, and their spirit can return in the form of an animal or anything. So it involves this family that's lost the patriarch and they're sort of waiting for him to return. Um, they're from Los Angeles. And, wow. Uh, anyway, but so. Yeah. I, yeah. I get tingly. And it just, I mean, Aww. I mean, uh, you really do. Uh, your, your work, I find obviously is so grounding and relatable, but also just, you know, you wonder like, where did she come up with this? Like it's so, <laughs> and not magical, but it does just out of the ethers, which is to me, amazing fiction, yeah. right? I mean, it yeah. takes you somewhere mm -hmm. you want to go somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, what are you, um, obsessed with right now? Is there anything mm -hmm. that, that, um, I, I know you have, so, you're pulled so many different directions between Lee Day, which we'll talk about your work, yeah. your family, obviously, um, yeah. the animal menagerie. <laughs> it's again, which obsession, but right. I am, right. um, I'm going to, I'll just give you the, so by bullet points, I am, I am finishing my, my book. Yes. So it's a collection of short stories. So that's what the obsession is right now. Good. And I have. Uh, three more to go. So there's this one and I'm reading about Bali. And the other one is, you know, I used to play the flute. I didn't know that. As a, yeah. As a, as a kid. And um, I was never that attracted to it, except I, <laughs> my best friend also played the flute and we, we just like to be able to go practice, you know, in right. the 70s public school room where they had like the pottery kiln and Mm -hmm. people's bikinis you know because it was the 70s you know <laughs> so we would just go and kind of practice our flutes and I I never really committed to it but um I have been really into taking it up again because some characters in a story of mine are dealing with the flute and so I'm doing some research on flutes and now flutes are insane they're really interesting like you wow. know, it's the oldest instrument um, the original flute was made out of a human shin bone. 
like the throat of a vulture, the elbow of a, of a swan's wing. I mean, it's really poetic. It's amazing. No kidding. And um, it's in the zeitgeist so, now, obviously, because of yeah. Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Sure. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. sort of popularized yeah. it currently. <laughs> yeah. 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 Reinvigorated the flute, exactly. shall we say? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that is also inspiring. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And finishing the book, and then um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, what also is obsessing me right now is I study uh, I study kung fu and qigong, and yes. so I'm been practicing that for a few years with a with a kung fu master. Yes, whose name and is. Give him a little props. Is, is, yeah, Stephen Lee is his name. Yeah. And he actually studied with the teacher of Bruce Lee, you know, and there's a long, you know, kind of trajectory. Um, but his teacher from China, the Grandmaster, Grandmaster Bing, um, who lives in central China on Wudang Mountain, which supposedly is where Tai Chi was invented wow. back in the ancient times. He's been doing Zoom classes. Oh, so, Bing Zoom, Bing oh, Zoom. That's amazing. So I'm I'm doing I'm <laughs> yes. doing Bing Zoom, and I'm learning things. So everything that you do, sort of softly in Qigong, has this martial application. So it all seems very fluid and everything like this. And so you, we learned this new move, this kind of move. I can't even sh- I can't show you yeah. on Zoom, but it, you kind of crouch and you're going like this. He's like, this is called. Dragon pulls the pearls up from the sea. And I was like, oh, what is that? And he's like, well, you can tear two people's testicles off. <laughs> Go bang. I love it. Yeah. Friendly dragon. Friendly dragon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Currently obsessed. Yeah. yeah, obsessed. Okay. And like, you know, this is you poke your eyes out, you know, right. pull the hair off. You know, just, oh. Huh. I love it. Kind of fascinating. I love it. Uh, well, I'm going to take a minute to give you guys both a little breather and mention something else that okay. we know that you're pretty passionate about, but we want to make sure that our listeners know as well. Um, so forgive me. I'm going to read a little bit because it's fairly informative and I want to make sure I get all this right. So uh, Mindy and I decided okay. that today's episode of Mondays <laughs> with Mindy is going to be sponsored by the nonprofit Lide Haiti. Lide, meaning both <laughs> leader and idea in Haitian Creole, is an organization that uses the arts, psychosocial support and education to rebuild resiliency and empower at-risk adolescent girls and marginalized youth in rural Haiti who have been denied education. Founded by Holiday, Rain Wilson, her husband, and Dr. Catherine Adams, Lide aims to contribute to creating a world where girls have equal access to quality education, a sense of their own voices, and the innate gifts that give them the empowerment to use and achieve their educational goals, support one another, and contribute positively to the betterment of their local and global communities. Lide also provides counseling, health education, and skill building that aid their students with transition from adolescence to adulthood, something very important we all know. Lide trains and employs locals within the Haitian communities it serves and collaborates with grassroots organizations and schools to meet local needs and foster community support. Operating during this challenging time, we ask our listeners to consider like we have to contributing and making a donation to this organization at lidehaiti.org. That's L-I-D-E-H-I-T-I dot O-R-G. And I will put links to that on the show notes of mondayswithmindy.com for this episode. So if you're interested in learning more about Lide, uh, there will be information there, more information for you to connect with Holiday herself, see more of her projects, her books, and other things. But most importantly, particularly right now, make a contribution if you can. It goes a long way. 
Oh, thank you so much. Did you ever think you'd be a sponsor? <laughs> no, I didn't think a fiction writer and a nonprofit would sponsor. I love it. And it's wonderful. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that, you know, a huge part of your um, personage from a very early age is always about giving back and um, being a part of the community, meaning the, meaning the world community. But um, how did you find your way to Haiti and um, deciding to actually that with all the other organizations out there, a piece was yeah. missing to form Lide? Yeah. Well, this is always, this is interesting because this, I think it just goes back to like all the women in my family. So all of the women in my family were um, school teachers, like pioneer school teachers. So like my great aunt um, taught literacy in the lumber camps, you know, and my other aunt was um, worked with the Spanish Basque community in Southern Oregon. Um, lots of my, my maternal grandmother started a um, the first school for differently abled kids in hmm. Portland, Oregon, which was called the Perry Center. And so different, you know, kids that were on the spectrum had different learning uh, issues. So there was always this sense of we're learning as much as we can, you know, and we want to share what we love, which is learning. And in my family, it always ended up to be writing or language. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was like a Latin scholar and she used to ride around on the train and like recite Marcus Aurelius, you know, and like, just, wow. just in what? Oregon on the train. What you know, character? And it, it, yeah. I know. Um, and so, and they would travel, you know, they traveled all around. My, uh, aunt Ruth was like four eleven, you know, and she went all around the world by herself. And, um, so, uh, it was always sort of to find what was, um, you know, you'd, you'd find something you were passionate about and be of service. So, um, I always wanted to, in addition to write, I wanted to teach, creative writing because mm -hmm. it was just natural to me and I loved the workshop environment and um, it's just a part of my process to always have creative writing workshops happening at the same time I'm writing. So mm -hmm. um, after um, my son was born and my husband got a job on television and there was a little more resources, mm -hmm. um, uh, there were lots of opportunities to be of service, right? A lot right. of people writing in, right. what do you want to do? And we didn't know. So we um, we were invited to go visit uh, some schools in Haiti mm -hmm. um, with this organization called the Mona, the Mona Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And they make lots of um, they support local programs that are started in the community, are run by the community and empower the community to make the decisions for within the context. Mm -hmm. So they fund all sorts of programs all over the world you know, supporting yeah. um, these various educational uh, initiatives. So we visited their schools and my husband and I were completely, uh, we were like, let's, I want to commit to this. Mm -hmm. And I ended up speaking to a lot of the, because I spoke French. My high school did not have art. Right. And so I was always sort of starving, hmm. if you will, for creative writing or theater or just anything, Something. right? So. Um, so I, I studied a lot of language. So I took Russian and German and French and I, uh, it was a, it was a language 
yeah. uh, magnet, right? And so um, where I could, I spoke French and, and Creole mixed with the girls. And um, I was started asking, do you have the arts here? And they were like, no, no, we don't have the arts, but um, I'd like to be a singer you know, oh. and she started talking about her dreams and, and things. Yeah. And I noticed everyone getting very excited. And um, the teacher came over and said, what did she just say to you? And I said, well, she said she wanted to be a singer. And he's like, well, she's never spoken before. We didn't know she talked. We thought she was, oh. you know, mute. Wow. And it just, something went off in me oh, at that yeah. point. I was like, what could, you know, I don't know what it would be yet. Would I come back and and tell, you know, listen right. to oral histories, whatever. Then the earthquake happened, right? Yeah. And many of the places where we were, were destroyed. And um, a, a number of people were homeless. Um, but yet the school where we visited, because it had been built in the community and was run by the community and not by outside aid. Yes. You know, or the very weak, you know, Ministry of Education, which was compromised. Yes. They could use it as field hospital and a maternity ward and, and it just kept functioning, right? And kids yeah. kept going to school. So we kept I, I kept in touch with the people at the school mm-hmm. and they um they sent me this email that they had received about a UN funded program um that was seeking artists, creative writers, painters to come to um do a two week workshop with women and girls ages twelve to thirty in a tent wow. camp in Port-au-Prince. And this was the one that had been supported by Sean Penn. Yes. Um, and 70,000 people were living on a golf course. Um, wow. And uh, in these, in these, you know, tarp tents during yeah. rainy season. And they said, you know, come down, you can sleep in a tent and teach creative writing. And of course I was like, wow. I mean, don't, <laughs> aren't there other things probably that are more important than not really. I mean, not right. really. Right. Right. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I got on the phone right away and I'm like, can I come, you know, are there spots available? They're like, yep. <laughs> 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 so, um, I, through this, I met, um, the, who is now our, our executive director. Her name is Dr. Catherine Adams. And she's a writer herself and also an educational psychologist, a trauma specialist. You know, she has a lot of different degrees um, in working with populations under stress, you know, right. and and how to create pedagogy and support. Yeah. And so she's worked in a lot of really extreme environments like in Jordan and Lebanon and and um she's an incredible human being. And so I met her and she led the delegation of us. So it was myself okay. and uh, a photographer for the New York times and a painter. And then my husband heard about it and he came along as an actor. And for two weeks we did, we taught in this 20 by 20 tent, um, you know, creative fiction is writing, in one corner creative writing and, and improv yeah, and a and bunch improv. of stuff. Yeah. All mixed together and Sad. everyone kind of rotated around. <laughs> and, and what we saw over that period was just this incredible transformation. So everyone came in and they had been, um, you know, lost everyone or everything. Oh, and wow. women just started creating community. So immediately it was like we'd show up and then 
80 other girls would be doing the exercises outside the tent. And then the boys would be like, hey, what's going on with those girls? Hmm. I want to do that too. So then everybody would do it. And it lasted for a year and a half after we left. You know, everyone started to get rehomed back in. So it sort yeah. of came apart. But five years later, we met, we had a reunion with these women and they all had been like, this taught us, you know, this reminded us who we were, this showed us, you know, the power that was within us. It was yes. a boost that we needed. We Once found again, support. preaching, the arts are necessary. Absolutely. Like, and vital. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, cut to me who taught at many universities and had fellowships. And I love teaching at the university. But what I mostly love is watching what the arts do in communities where there is not access to the many resources. Right. right. So over the, right now, my work in Haiti is working on Zoom with our staff. Right doing creative writing workshops and professional development. And, and then they are keeping in touch with all the girls Amazing. in the community. So we have 14 different um, village communities. All of the facilitators live in the community itself. And yeah. then um, it, it's, it's an incredible thing. We found out, you know, bit by bit, what it means to really have an <laughs> educational initiative. Cause I think, it's a lot more complicated than, hey, oh, go to school. I think right. if you guys knew what obstacles yeah. you would face, uh, I'm not going to say you wouldn't have done it, but, you know, yeah. sometimes ignorance is bliss when you start something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, and dealing with the government's plural that you've had to deal yeah. with and the regimes yeah. that you've had to deal with. It's, uh, it's gnarly. I don't know, have a better word than that. Mandy, it was punk rock. Is, yeah. is basically exactly. the deal. I mean, it, I mean, call it really. by its name. Yeah, <laughs> I think it still is sometimes, depending on how it how the government is going on and the civil unrest down there. It's very volatile. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's what's sort of interesting is you know when I first came into the country and I saw the women doing everything right. They were in the fields and um, you know carrying the water and and all of it. Um, it was like well empowering these women in the community is going to have this just unforeseen impact. Yeah. And now, you know, we, there's like 60 um, scholarship students, five women that started out at like age 15 that did not even have a second grade equivalency are qualified to go to university. Like just, yeah you know, being able to work with all the different obstacles because it's really the whole picture and yeah. engaging the family, engaging the community. Like all the moms came and said, we want to learn how to read. We want to come oh, to the workshops. Wow. So now the daughters teach the moms and, Incredible. you it's know, beautiful. the grandmothers and anyway. But if you look at nonprofits, a lot of, especially international nonprofits, Yes. They're employing men from within the country. They're yes. not like a hundred. We have 99% women, you know, yeah. it's pretty exciting. And Amazing. I just learned so much every day from their incredible ideas and resilience. And it's pretty amazing. So yeah. what tools do you use to keep the writer, creative passion person that you are with the, yeah. also the strong woman who has responsibilities and real um, yeah. balancing act. Yeah. A few, few problems to take care of like that stuff. Yeah. Just a few. 
<laughs> uh, by the way, one of Holiday's greatest gifts that she's ever given me, well, I don't think she gave me. I think I took it and she said, okay, <laughs> is my auntie hood of all those animals. Yeah, I don't even think I asked yeah. permission. I just said, I am. No, you, I can't even remember now a time when you were not their aunt. So you're not going anywhere. But no, <laughs> yeah. not in their lives. But um, how? what do you do? What are the tools that you are at your disposal as an artist to keep uh, your creativity viable? Just I know when I'm the most creative, and that is from 1030 until 3. Hmm. And so if I'm doing anything other than either writing or staring at the wall and looking at cool yeah. things to draw or make, then I don't feel good in my skin. And, it, and it's not like I... I love what Isaac Mizrahi was saying about like, it's not about enjoyment. Like I do, yeah. you know, I'm with my animals and they give me incredible enjoyment and stuff like that. But my creative time is it's, there's a lot of friction. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, I need to, to kind of be able to feel everything. I don't get to just, cause I have to be able to go with people that are doing really questionable things. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to make I'm living with the problem, you know? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, one problem is opening up a greater, more complicated problem in a lot of cases or, or something, you know? So, yeah. um, so I do that. And, um, in order to maintain that, I also run away from home once a month I love and I go, I go somewhere for three or four days and then I don't have to shower and I don't have to be responsible and right. so I have a lot of support and, you know, my family and, mm -hmm. and That's my amazing. son's a little older now and stuff like that. But well, I, and you're all, you're all creatives in that household of yours. So I think there yeah. is an, a level of understanding level that, of understanding of yeah. that, whatever yeah. that means to each of you guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because my son is all about, you know, music, music yeah. is his thing and math and Chinese, like, I couldn't get onto this link because he'd switched all my language into Chinese. So I'm trying I mean, to do my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's, so, he was, I mean, I need amazing. to come up with a better word than amazing because it's really, it's, it's, I'm awestruck by Walter a little bit. I got to say. Yeah. He's awe inspiring. He, so, so he needs kind of his music his, right. time and he's writing his music and, and then, um, you know, Rain is doing his thing. And, and so I just, I like to go away and just be feral. Yeah. Be like we're one of the animals, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In, an, in an ideal world, which we are in, because I just, I just make it so, um, what, what has been, I don't even want to say unobtainable, what, what's your, what's a dream? What's a dream that you can mm -hmm. share with us? Uh, mm -hmm. A future. Um, if I could have anything, it would be in regard to your writing, your career, your whatever, your personage. Yeah, I would just like more time. Mm. I mean, I would just like, I, I love, like, <laughs> I wish days were like 80 hours long. You know, I mean, and I don't mean that, like, I'm so busy or whatever. I just love um, feeling as much of, the day as I can, you know what I mean? And, um, so uh, honestly I am, um, I'm at a point now where I would say, what's the next 
what's the next thing? Cause I, mm-hmm. I'm really in a, in a, I've never been in such a place where I'm so able to um, create in the way that I want to. I'm much, I'm feeling more, um, I would say that my first book was more like monologues with benefits, like <laughs> vo- voice and first person. And mm-hmm. this book is gonna, it takes a lot more layers and it's, it, there's a lot more kind of working with almost creative nonfiction in a sense and mm-hmm. my own life bleeding in. And it, there's just more strange detours and things. Um, so my next project, I'd really like to write actually um, uh, creative, creative nonfiction about my family and, oh, and my life. Yes, so I'm, I'm kind of getting to that because every day that we've been in quarantine, I've actually been going through my grandfather's archive because I have this whole trunk of stuff like letters and I'm finding out all this stuff about my people that I had no idea. Wow. I love it. So, well, you know, yeah. I am I am eagerly anticipating any and all writings. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to just take the biggest slice. I, I truly I I'm so excited. Um yeah. I I I just think you are such a talent and more importantly, one of the just dearest people in my life. Um Well, thank you. We did sit at the Grand Canyon together. We did. We did we did like a first pass of a one yes. of the world, you know. <laughs> we, so we, we've done some things, but there's much more to do. And I will be <laughs> by your side or hanging on your coattails, whichever one needs to happen. Well, um, listen, can I put, I'll put up on your website some places to get stories in the next couple months. Because there's three yes, different please. things coming Absolutely. out. So we can I, add I, those. I hope okay, I've cool. covered them in the intro, but if I haven't, oh, oh, regardless. Yeah. We'll definitely hook those up in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Holiday, thank you so much for this insanely fantastic Monday with Mindy episode. Oh, thank you. I enjoy you. This was the Yay. best Monday ever. Nice wonderful. to meet you, Kristen. Nice meeting you. Thank <laughs> you very much for joining us. We're looking forward to sharing you with our audience. As we mentioned earlier in the show, go to mondayswithmindy.com. There will be lots of information about Holiday on there, as well as the charity that we mentioned, the books that she's working on now, her past books, and some other work that she's going to be contributing to. So go to the website, check it out, uh, get in touch, stay in touch, follow her on Instagram, all that good stuff. And once again, we want to yes. say thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. And uh, until next time. It was a pleasure to sponsor you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Holiday Reinhorn.